Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live, and I am blessed to be with you. I am here to take your prayer requests and your Bible questions. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you this afternoon to take your questions and your prayer requests, as I just said. So the call-in number, as you just heard, is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines, and let's talk about the Lord, the things of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And this is really your show. All of you who are tuned in, we welcome you. We invite you to call in at 303-690-3000. Let's get the phones ringing. Let's talk about the Lord and some of the questions perhaps you have or questions that other people have. Uh, as we pray for those who are on your heart or maybe you have prayer needs, uh, we certainly want to minister to you. Uh, Calvary Live is an, it's just an outreach of the pulpit and an extension of the pulpit to really minister to you in any way that we can. And so delighted to serve you and bless you. The text line also for you to be able to ask a question or a prayer request that is a different number is for texting only. That number is 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. As many of you know, that is a text line that is open 24-7 anywhere in the country where you can text that number for prayer requests. And there are those at Calvary Church that will look at that. They will pray for you. They will respond back to you. I think that's really neat, so needed today, especially in the day in which we're in as we find ourselves with so many challenges around us and want to be able to uh, be able to minister to you the things of the Lord. So give me a call. Let's go to line one. Let's go to Mike in Westminster. Hi, Mike. Mike? Hi, sir. Yes, sir. How, you How doing? are you? Good. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for calling Calvary Live. Yeah. So my question is, uh, you know, my whole life I was raised, and I and I truly believe that there's nothing I can do to earn my way to heaven. That Christ did that on the cross. But then there's times where, like, the legalistic part of me, like, has doubts, and you know, there's some days where I feel like, oh, I was a good Christian today. God's happy with me. And then there's other days yeah. where I'm like. I'm a bad Christian today. Like, I feel bad even praying because I'm, like, struggling with the same sin that I've been struggling with for however right. long, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then, I like, I was reading the verse, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 today, and it, it talked about, like, something around the lines of, you know, you won't be able to in- inherit heaven unless you complete God's will for your life, or, you know, something yeah. around the lines of that. And I just read things like that, and then it, it just makes me, like, think, like, like I know you can't earn your way, but I just when they when I read certain verses like that, it kind of makes it sound like there's some level of something you have to do. You know, I don't know. Yeah, and 
you know, those are thoughts that Christians can go through because you're right. You know, as you read the Bible, you know in your head that we can't earn our way to heaven. Um, there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to be worthy of heaven. I think it's really important to be established in that truth, but then we can read verses uh, in uh, verse 21 of chapter 7. I'm, I'm going to read it for the sake of our listeners, where Jesus says that he's getting close to ending the Sermon on the Mount. And it's interesting, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said to those disciples that your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. And when they heard that, they must have been absolutely astonished. I mean, who's more righteous than a scribe and a Pharisee? I mean, they are ones that boast in their righteousness. They're the ones that display their righteousness. But Jesus goes on and he talks about that don't pray like they do because they pray on the street corners to be heard by many words, but you go to your Father in private. He says don't fast like they do to be seen and exalted but you fast in a way that your Heavenly Father sees you. He says right. that you don't give like they do, blowing the trumpets and trying to exalt themselves. So he's talking about those things of the heart, the heart issue. If you are angry in your heart, then you're guilty of murder. If you lust in your heart, you're guilty of adultery. So he goes on and he starts talking about, towards the end of that sermon, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, I'm going to continue to read in verse 22 and 23, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So here's the key in that, because people have read that and said, oh no, I'm worried. I mean, Jesus is saying, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but who who does the will of my Father? And here he's talking about those who are claiming to do mighty works, to you know cast out demons, prophesy in his name, many wonders in your name. But here's the key, Mike, in verse 23. Jesus said, I will declare to them, I never knew you. That is the right. key. They didn't have relationship. They may have had religiousness. They may have had right. rituals that they went through, traditions, claiming to do all these works, but they didn't have relationship with Jesus Christ. And we know right. that our salvation is based on relationship with him, calling out upon him, having a new relationship, a new heart, you know, uh, uh, just uh, a new life in Christ and what he did on the cross. So it's really important, Mike, to understand that Jesus did it all on the cross. The cross is sufficient for forgiveness and salvation. We come by faith and faith alone that saves. But as we have that new relationship with him, knowing him, walking with him in that new heart, then he'll begin to give us the power to live a life for him as Christ dwells in our hearts, the power of the Holy Spirit. So there's the doctrine of, sure. of justification, Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. Uh, or, excuse me, doctrine of justification, justification that we're justified freely, you know, through the grace of Christ Jesus. That's chapters 3, 4, and 5. And then the doctrine of sanctification, 
That's chapter 6, 7, and 8. Sometimes people get that confused. God is doing the work, and, and, and the struggle's there. Paul writes in chapter 7, I, I do the things that I should not do, and then I don't do the things right. I, I do do. But then chapter 8 comes along and says that there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That means now. Sure. So those of us in Christ Jesus, we walk in the Spirit, and we are empowered by the Spirit to live for Him. And that's the real key. But here in the text that you're reading, they never knew him. There wasn't relationship, and that's the real key. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, and I think I know that in my heart, you know. And But, like, I've always heard, like, all you have to do is believe in Jesus, but then they always say, and repent. And then I just wonder, like, what level of repentance, like, is required? And, like, because, like, for me, for example, I struggle— in all transparency, like, I struggle struggle with my language sometimes. And I have, like, prayed and prayed and prayed for years and years to, like, stop doing it. And I just struggle with it. And I've, like, asked him to help me think before I talk, like, change my heart. Because they say, like, what comes out of the mouth from the heart. And so it's like, I don't know if I have a heart issue or, like, what the deal is. But I just worry, like, that I haven't repented from that sin. Right. Yeah, but I and, know repentance you know, we, is a part of it. Like I don't. Repentance means what? Change direction, right? right? So repentance is you're quick going in a direction, you're going turn and turn to Christ, and that's what you've done. It doesn't mean repentance means it's going to bring perfection, and yeah. that's the process of sanctification. I think that most of us that are listening can say, "I struggle in a certain area, whether it's with language, whether it's with lust, whether it's with anger." And it's a process that the Lord does the work in that day after day. But what I'm hearing from you is a conviction and a desire to go in that direction and just continue to cry out to the Lord. He knows but we're but does. And he doesn't break a bruised reed. He doesn't quench a smoking flax. I wish that I could be on fire, you know, 24-7. I'm on fire for you, Lord, and all of this. Sometimes I'm just smoldering. But he doesn't quench yeah. a smoking flax, and he doesn't come along and stomp on me. But if we sin and we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the good news. And also that yeah. we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. You know, Mike, just keep going to him. Keep giving it to him okay. day by day, moment sure. by moment, and he'll do that work. And sometimes it's not as fast as we hope. We struggle. We still have to struggle with the flesh because the Spirit works yeah, with no. the flesh and the flesh with the Spirit. Yes, sir. Okay? Can I pray right, for you? thank you so much. Yes, hey, sir, let me pray for do. you before you get away. Father, I pray for Mike. He's being honest. And Lord, just in the things that he's given to you that you would work in a powerful way, it'd be a work of the Spirit. And Lord, that he would just love you and walk with you and enjoy you and learn of you and yoke himself with you. And, Lord, that he would know that he belongs to you. Because I can hear it, that he's being convicted, that, Lord, that you you are convicting him not to push him away, but to draw him to you. And, Lord, do that work of sanctification of holiness in his life and all of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, sir. God bless you. All right, you too. All right. All right. 
303-690-3000. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line, so grab one of those open lines. I do want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado and Wyoming. Another hot day. We're going to take time and pray for our state that there's a number of fires. Uh, we look out, and the smoke is out there. It's hazy. Um, you know, it, it causes health issues for a lot of people. It's hard to exercise, go for a run because number one, because of the heat. And then second of all, because of the smoke, looking forward to some relief from the heat this week, but we need rain. Be praying for those firefighters on the front lines. Also in California, over a million acres have burned. And, uh, and any of you that have been in Northern California, you know that that cheat grass there this time of year is brown and it burns like gasoline. And so uh, hundreds of homes have burnt down. Two of the largest fires in recorded history in California are burning. Um, so we need to be praying for them as well. We got a couple hurricanes coming towards the, the coast um, and uh, one right after another. So we want to pray for those in Mississippi, Alabama. Uh, we just need to be praying and we're going to take time to do that. Let's do that. Matter of fact, right now while we're talking about it, Father, I do pray. Uh, I know that there's those waiting on the phone, but we just want to pray for our nation. We just pray that you would uh, just um, work in Lord uh, there is a drought going on, not just uh, physically in the weather, but in the spirit, Lord. Spiritually, our nation is dry. And Lord, we just ask for your mercy and grace to be with those on the coast as these two hurricanes are headed towards the coast this week, one right after another, that you would just uh, diminish those storms, that you would help the people that are prepared, that there be a sparing of life. We pray for the fires in California that you would bring rain, relief, protect the firefighters here in Colorado as well as as we see the smoke and the haze, that, Lord, that relief would come and just uh, be with those who are serving and, and on the front lines. Bless them. And we just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 303-690-3000 is the number of call. We got an open line. Let's go to Paul in Aurora. Hi, Paul. Hi there, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. And amen. I, I really appreciate that prayer. That was a good prayer, and, and thank you for doing that. But, but we need a, a lot more of that, that's for sure. Yes, we, we need to be praying for our nation. Yes, sir. Um, okay, so my question is, I, I saw a post on social media, and I know when it comes to social media these days to take posts and information there with a grain of salt, um, but uh, one second, I actually just parked my car so I can talk and think properly. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm going to put you on my speaker phone real quick so I can actually read it to you. Um, okay. It's not working right. But uh, my question is, is I don't know if you've seen anything on it, that um, the New Living Translation version of the Bible was, um, I guess, publisher or ownership of that has, has transferred ownership. And from what I read, it's the publisher or owner of the uh, Satanic Bible and a couple other uh, books that is very anti-Christianity uh, and, and so on and so forth, just to kind of not get into detail. Um, but it said um, that they have removed certain uh, words, scriptures, and things from the text, um, which I hadn't done a, a great deal of research on, but my wife and I did last night look up some of those scriptures that they listed a few on that post, and sure enough, in the New Living Translation, that text was gone. 
Um, but in like the New King James and things like that, the put the text was still there. So yeah. I was just kind of curious your your input on that. Well, I'm not an expert on the New Living Translation, and what I do know that um, that the goal of the New Living Translation uh, is the translation of the Bible to a clear, readable form of modern English, um, and that's the goal of it. Um, there's more churches that are using it, particularly young people that are using it. Here at our church, we've we've used the New King James for the last 25 years, and and so we're so used to it. And but the younger generation sometimes they think that um, it is you know hard and difficult to understand. So the Living Translations that was um, their goal to increase the l- level of precision. precision uh, without sacrificing the text, easy to read understanding. So that is the goal of it that I do know. They originally started out as an effort to revise the Living Bible. Now, the Living Bible is a paraphrase version of the Bible. So you have word for word, you have thought for thought, and then a paraphrase version of the Bible. The New King James is a word for word. It's a good translation so they wanted to to revise that. Um, I think what I have read on it, um, that the New Living Translation is easy to read, easy to understand, is written in quality in kind of contemporary English, um, but the New Living Translation sometimes goes, what I understand, astray interpreting rather than translating. And that's maybe what you are reading. And there's uh, sample verses of that. John 1, uh, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's how it reads. But there is um, more of a, um, what I have seen, um, you know, interpreting rather than translating. So that's okay. the pros and cons that I know on it, but there's, uh, uh, you know, Bible teachers that uh, are using it. They like using it. Um, there's nothing wrong with quoting from it or using it as well. Youth groups are using it. But I think you can just do a deeper study on it, and um, that was kind of their goal, and people like it. And, um, it, you know, everything you read on, you know, um, social media, of course, is true. So. Um, well, right, right. I would, <laughs> you know, um, kind of sometimes goes word for word more to a thought for thought um, translation, and, and that's you know how was it translated? Um, you know, the New Living Translation was a, a thought for thought, um, and then uh, the New Living Translations follows a kind of a they say a combination of that. Uh, word for word, and then sometimes it goes thought for thought. So, well, in from what my wife and I were looked up, and we we use the U version Bible on our phone, and we uh, tra- switch, she had hers switched over to the New Living Translation, and I had the New King James on mine. And the scriptures that they gave example of it showed um, in the New Living Translation that that like um, I'll just give a quick example like Matthew seventeen twenty one for example. That's um, that's the first one on their list. Or Luke, um, oh, we'll, yeah, we'll, or we'll just leave it at that. They, um, 
they gave quite a few, but Matthew seventeen twenty one. I can't remember exactly what it says without looking it up, but um, in the New Living Translation, it said that that scripture is, it, it kind of gave a little parenthesis and said, this scripture is, is uh, it wasn't there, but said it referred to a completely different chapter like Luke or somewhere. And then um, when I looked that up, it showed that both scriptures were more or less the same. It showed that both authors wrote the same yeah. scripture. And so it's like the New Living Translation was trying to remove some redundancies uh, or re- yeah. repetitiveness of it. But in my way of thinking, especially from your teaching, I, um, I've heard you quite a bit, and you've actually taught at Calvary Aurora, which is where I go. And mm-hmm. and um, the way that you have said it is that it's multiple authors over the span of 15, 1,600 years, over three continents, and so on and so forth, saying that this is legitimately God-breathed and God-inspired, and that it doesn't contradict itself because it's the odds of that happening over all those authors and stuff is astronomical. It couldn't happen without the Holy Spirit and God breathing and writing through those individuals. So when the people, when the New Living Translation removes that scripture because it was repeated by another author, in my opinion, that's almost decrediting the fact that it was like supernatural and it was God breathed through different authors. When both authors said the same exact thing, it kind of proves the point that God did breathe this word on the paper. So when they remove it, to me, that's kind of a red flag. Well, the scriptures are inspired, and you're going by the earliest manuscripts, and some of the manuscripts are older, but there's not as many. Uh, Some of the manuscripts are, there's a lot more. So, you know, like the NIV uh, uses the, the manuscript that may be older, but not as much. And in the King James, New King James, the manuscripts that aren't as old, but there's a lot more copies. So, you know, it's inspired by God. Uh, the NLT's translation is trying to do it. And, you know, just do research and be with the, you know, read the translation that you're comfortable with and that is, a, you know, that you study. Me, I got so much memory in the New King James. I trust it. I trans, trust the translation. The verses there are in my mind. That's what I teach from. And uh, so I'm very comfortable with it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, great. Well, and I'll uh, I'll just continue putting in prayer and and have God uh, yeah. guide my Bible study and 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 trust His Amen. word uh, for what He has for me. Hey, thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. God bless you. Yeah. Thank you very much for taking the time. God bless you. You bet. You bet. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. I believe we got an open line. Hey, love you guys there in Aurora. Just miss seeing you guys and. Um, I just feel so part of your fellowship, such a loving fellowship, Calvary Church. Love it when I have the privilege to go down and teach. I do want to say welcome all you who are listening on other Christian radio stations beside Grace FM. Maybe you're listening on Truth and Hope FM uh, on the East Coast. As you're listening, uh, you can call in at 303-690-3000 and be on the air. It is a week delayed. And I also want to welcome all of you online that listen from all over the country and, um, you know, that are listening perhaps on your tablets or, uh, you know, uh, smartphones, and then those on the Grace FM website from different parts of the world. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. Well, let's go ahead and let's move on with the phone lines. Let's go to Parker, where Jim has been waiting. Hi, Jim. Hi, Pastor Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. You're a treasure, and I enjoy listening to you. Oh, praise God. 
Hey, I've been in Leviticus 1, and I've just been uh, really treasuring the symbology that are at the root of our New Testament salvation there. Uh, And I wanted to ask you a question, just to make sure I'm not stretching things. But, you know, when I see Leviticus 1-4, and I see the covering, the atonement, I can easily see that, you know, pointing back to the Noah's Ark and the pitch covering there. Uh, And then when I think about the burnt offering that's in Leviticus 1, and I think about verse 1-6, it says that all of the burnt offering is burnt up except for the skin. And I think back to Genesis, and I think about the skins that the Lord provided as a covering for Adam and Eve, and I think about it in that same light. Am I wrong to think about the burnt offering and the purpose of the skin being symbolic of that covering? Is that too much of a stretch? Well, I, I've never thought of that. And, you know, sometimes as you continue to study the Bible, these different things come up, the typology and things like that. For me, as I read these uh, offerings in the first seven uh, chapters of Leviticus, to me, it speaks of Jesus. That's what I look at. Um, it points to Jesus. It speaks of Jesus. It's all fulfilled in Jesus. And that's kind of what I look for, the burnt offering, the fellowship, you know, the animals completely burnt. And and as I look at it, you know, how Jesus died. Matter of fact, it's interesting when we stand on the Mount of Olives, when we go to Israel and we look and, um, you know, there's, there's controversy of where Jesus died. The important thing is he died. Where's Mount Calvary? Is it north of where the Temple Mount is as we look at it, or is it to the west, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre? Mm. And, and I, I think that Leviticus chapter 1 kind of answers that. It says, you shall ki- kill it on the north side of the altar. So That's I think right. it's north up there. So I always look at it in that terms, how it's a picture of Jesus, who is the fulfillment of all those sacrifices, being, of course, being the sin and trespass offering once and for all for sin. And um, Jesus said to the religious leaders that you search the scriptures and in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they which speak of me. And and so I look at, you know, the Old Testament scriptures speaking of Jesus, being fulfilled by Jesus, um, you know, pointing to Jesus. So those other things that, you know, maybe, um, maybe it reminds you of those things, but I think that the the ultimate um, writing um, that is given to us and record of it speaks of Jesus. Well, well said, Pastor Jeff. I appreciate that answer. But yeah, keep studying. You know, I admire you, Jim, because you're studying the book of Leviticus. And I've even had pastors tell me, you shouldn't study the book of Leviticus. It's irrelevant. It's not for us today. Well, yes, it is. It is for us today. Because the book of Leviticus, and I've even been asked on this show um, that should we read the book of Leviticus? Is it you know worth it? But Leviticus is a book that shows the priests how they can serve and worship and obey a holy God. And as we make application, as we look at this, like the burnt offering, you know, it speaks of to me as well that I want to be a burnt offering. I I want to give all myself to the Lord, because all of the animal was consumed in the burnt offering. It was a fellowship offering. I want to give all my life to you, Lord, as a living sacrifice. Boy, you bet that Leviticus is relevant to us as we make application. 
And that's yeah. why even as I was talking with, um, you know, I was talking with Paul from Aurora that he mentioned this, that all scripture is inspired by God. And it is profitable. So that means from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. And yeah. it's all profitable. So keep studying, keep learning, keep asking. I, I just appreciate you calling and, and um, those observations that you've made. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. Thanks for your ministry, you and have a blessed evening. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, we're getting ready to go to break. And so I believe, as I look we got an open line, good questions. Really appreciate you guys calling in, and uh, I'll do my best to answer and point to Scripture. we got an open line, 303-690-3000, the text line 720-336-0897. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard those two numbers that you can be a part of the show. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. Always blessed to be with you. I always consider it a privilege to be able to talk with you to pray with you and for you. And so you heard those numbers where you can call 303-690-3000, the call-in number. Text line is 720-336-0897. We're going to go back to the phone lines in just a minute. I want to make a real quick announcement. Here at Calvary Greeley, we have been doing in-person services on Sunday morning. And so we've done 8.30 and 10.30. We've had the backyard open as well as the sanctuary and the coffee shop. And so it's been wonderful. It's been a hot summer. I have appreciated so much the people coming out and more and more are coming. It's, it's been wonderful. So we're going to do that for one more Sunday, this Sunday, August the 30th, and then Labor Day weekend. It's hard to believe that the summer season is coming to an end. We're going to uh, bring uh, me back inside. We'll have three morning services at 8, 9, 30, and 11. We're asking people to register. We don't want to overpack the sanctuary and register for classes. we got a limited amount of uh, space in the classrooms. We want to be careful. We want to be responsible. Um, and we want to practice you know, those safety measures of social distancing and things like that. But we're looking forward to that. And so that will be 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. We're going through Matthew's Gospel. Looking forward to it. And um, we have middle schoolers at the 9.30 and 11 o'clock. You, you can register them. And then on Wednesday nights, we're continuing online. And we are going to continue tomorrow through the book of Jeremiah. Incredible study. Don't want to miss it. CalvaryChapelGreeley.org is where you can get all the information. We haven't had children's class for almost six months now, since March, the beginning of March, when um, all this came out, and we really are looking forward to having the kids come back into class and the nursery open and just taking those precautions. Be praying for the pastors that are making decisions. I know it hasn't been easy for any of us, the adjustments. And then I want to encourage you, 
will you please pray for your pastor? Pray for your church, because these are not easy decisions. We all have different convictions, different um, you know, um, opinions, different thoughts, and all this. And uh, we're just trying to do our best. And I know that it has been difficult for you and, and your kids going back to school and all the decisions that have been made. And so just be in prayer. Be patient. Hey, let's, we need each other right now. We need each other to just encourage each other, pray for each other. The church needs to come together, and we need to be a light more than ever. So just wanted to pass that along. Hey, um, I believe we got an open line. Um, so love to be able to have you fill that open line. In the meantime, we're going to go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Amy up in North Dakota. Hi, Amy. Hi, how are you today? I'm um, good. I appreciate you holding during the break, and and so glad that you've called Calvary Live. Yeah, I have a prayer request today. Mm-hmm. Um, my fiancé is in Larimer County Jail, and he's got some health issues going on and some major anxieties because he has court coming up. Okay. So I just would we, like abs- a prayer that God touches him and reassures him that he's beside him. Okay, absolutely. Father, I pray for Amy, her fiancé in jail. I thank you that um, that there's a desire to get Christian radio in those who are being incarcerated, that, Lord, you're not through with them. And, Lord, that he would know that you are there as he looks to you and calls out to you. And, Lord, your word says that we don't have to be anxious for anything, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, Letting our requests be known to God, may the peace of God, uh, you know, bring peace that passes understanding, guarding our hearts and our minds. And Lord, that you would do that for him. And Lord, that as he has a hearing coming up, that he would just commit everything into your hands. You're the one that holds our future, and you're the one that is our hope. So I just pray for Amy that you would just help her be able to minister to him, even though it's limited. And I just pray that you would just bring her to comfort and wisdom and strength that she needs as well. We just lift all this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Amy, thank, we'll be praying. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. Absolutely. Bye. 303-690-3000. I believe we got a couple open lines. And so give me a call. We've had a great show. Lots of callers coming in. We're going through the calls. And so we got a couple open lines. The text line is 720-336-0897. You can text in a prayer request or a question, and we'll go through that as time allows. But we're going to go out to Baltimore where Gary's on line two. Hi, Gary. Hi, this is Gary and Donna. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. My, my husband is Gary, and this is his wife, Donna. He was a little bit shy to get on the phone, so that's, I wanted that's okay. to say if we could have some prayers for his mom, his stepmom, but we found out that she has cancer, and we all been worrying, and she's kind of, you know, been worrying a lot. So we were seeing if we could get prayers for Marge, who was my mother-in-law, his stepmom. Uh, we really need them because of pancreatic you know, cancer that she found out she had like a week ago. Okay. Absolutely. So we would like to have some prayers for her. And also we live in Baltimore. Maybe we could have some prayers for our city because of having a lot of bad things happening right now. It's difficult in all our cities right now. You're so right. Father, 
I just pray for Gary's stepmom, Marge, who got the news um, of cancer. And we know it's a serious cancer. And Lord, we just pray for your touch upon her. Lord, we can come to you. We can cast our cares upon you because you do care for us. And I do pray that you, if it's your will to bring healing to her, strength to her, as she begins to discuss, if it's just been diagnosed, treatments or, um, you know, the doctors telling her, giving her options, that you give her wisdom. And Lord, that if you choose to use the treatments to bring healing, that Lord, you'd help her to get through it. But Lord, I also pray that this would be a time that she would have that peace that passes understanding in her heart. And Lord, that you give her comfort, that you give her, Lord, just the strength that she needs and the family for Gary and, and everybody else and just give them the wisdom to minister to Marge. And just, Lord, there's always hope in you. And I thank you that we have the ultimate living hope that comes through your resurrection. Lord, as she also asks, and there's the request, pray for Baltimore. We do pray for that city. Our cities are, Lord, on fire. And Lord, our cities are going through great turmoil. People are angry. People are upset. People are hurting. And Lord, we just pray that um, you would use the Christians there to give a message of hope the gospel, and there be a great awakening in our cities, a, a spiritual revival. That's the hope of our nation. And Lord, I just pray that you would do that for Baltimore, for all the cities in our listening areas that um, are being affected by violence and by everything else that brings confusion. We look at it, and there's such upheaval, and there's such turmoil. But Lord, may you, because you care for this nation, and you care for our cities, May you make yourself real to strong and pour out your spirit on them. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank God you bless so you. much. I appreciate it. God bless you and thank you thank you so much. You bet. Keep in touch, all right? I definitely will. Thank you. All right. Three oh three six nine oh three thousand is the number to call. We need to really be praying um as an a nation as Christians more than ever. And it's been difficult. It's been a challenge. I don't need to tell you that over the last six months since March. And, um, you know, there's, we all are feeling it. We're all feeling edgy. We all, you know, can uh, be frustrated. Uh, but God is still working. And that's what we need to remember. And there's so many challenges that have come. It just seems like it never ends not only with COVID and the shutdown and then the economy, but then the uncertainty. And a lot of things have been taken away from us in plans and stuff. I know that for me, that my wife Sue and I, we were supposed to be on a trip that we had planned for our 30th anniversary, like right now, and we had to cancel it. And those things can be disappointed. Um, we we uh, feel isolated. We uh, have to put plans on hold, weddings and uh, some people over the last months haven't been able to say goodbye to their loved ones that have passed on because of no gatherings. And it's been hard, but I want you to know that God loves you. He's still on the throne. He still has a plan. And as we move forward, um, He is still working in our lives. 
Starting school has been a challenge, and every school district has a different policy or hybrid schedule or all these things, even pastors with churches. And so we need to be seeking the Lord. The Lord has allowed this to happen. Um, I don't know the sovereignty of God, but I was reading a devotion. Actually, my wife was reading it the other day, and um, when we were reading it, something was said that I never really considered before, that God guides through hindrance. Just talking about how um, that sometimes we have a hindrance and we think, Lord, why this hindrance? Why this 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 point of I can't move forward? And it was that uh, story in Acts where Paul was in uh, Troash and he couldn't move forward. He wanted to go to Ephesus, but but the Lord wouldn't prevent him. The Spirit kept him from doing that. He ended up going to Philippi on a second missionary journey. And he was guiding Paul. That was the will of the Lord. And even through hindrance at times, God is still guiding you. And you might think, where are you, Lord? And I know I felt it. Uh, I remember the month of July was just like, where are we going, Lord? What's happening? So many changes. And I just, you know, as I've gone to the Lord, as we sought the Lord here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, we just sensed the Lord working, and he did. We had a youth camp, and kids got saved, and God is still working, and, and we're moving forward and looking forward to the future. And he wants to work in your life as well. So we'd love to pray with you. we got all open lines. We've been on the phone lines the whole show. we still got, you know, 15 minutes. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. You know, God wants to do wonderful things. And in the book of Jeremiah, as we studied last week in chapter 33, it's a verse that perhaps some of you are familiar with, that here is Jeremiah. He is shut up in the court of the prison. He feels like he's restricted. And, and the Lord comes to him and says, you know, thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And in that time where you might feel like you're in a prison because of the restrictions, you feel like that you're shut up, um, you feel like that uh, you're in a place where um, how long is this going to last? How long is it going to be this way? Listen, call to him, the Lord says. And he says, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. The Lord did not say, I will give you great and mighty things. I mean, the Lord is gracious and every good gift comes from above. But he says, I will show you great and mighty things. And he goes on and he talks about that that there's a future that they have. You guys will come back from the captivity uh, from Babylon, but there's future implication that I'll restore the nation of Israel. You can read that. And he says the promise is sure, the, the permanent uh, promise of God's, you know, what he has said to the nation, and it's a promise for us, our salvation. God is working on the throne, moving forward. And so, with you know, just want to encourage you today, even in the uncertainty, day by day, moment by moment, looking to him, just uh, trusting in him in every way. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Ivan in Denver. Hi, Ivan. Hey, Pastor. How are you this afternoon? I am great. How are you? I'm doing just great. 
I have a question that's bothered me for a while. It's just about the uh, interpretation of uh, Jesus's brothers and sisters. Uh, you know, he had the four brothers: who was it, James, Joseph, uh, Judas, Jude, uh, yeah. yeah, and then there's one more. I'm missing one. Uh, and then the, Simon. Simon, yeah, and then there's the two sisters. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you know, they say that they're his brothers and sisters, and I've read that, um, you know, some places they said that they were Joseph's kids from a, a previous marriage, but then how could that be when they're his younger siblings? Uh, you know, so that doesn't make any sense. And then I've also heard and read that uh, in the uh, Arabic or Aramic and uh, Hebrew language, there is no word for for brother or uh, for cousin. So they just refer to them as brothers, you know, since they're just family and they're, you know, uh, related, closely related. They refer to them as brothers, and they're you know, real, realistically they're, they're cousins. Um, so I just, you know, wanted to know what your opinion on that was. Well, we know that Mary, when she uh, was conceived of the Holy Spirit, of course, being a virgin, Jesus, virgin born. And so we do know that you named the brothers that are listed in the scriptures, uh, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas. Um, We know that um, uh, they, uh, Jude wrote the little epistle of Jude, James, the epistle of James. And so there's, the belief by some, some of the Roman Catholic, you know, theology is that these brothers were actually Jesus' cousins, like you said, uh, because the word can be used, to, you know, to refer to relatives, um, brother. It, it's, it's normal and literal meaning is a physical brother, but there was a, a Greek word for cousin, and um, it, it wasn't used in that case. Um we know that um, that you know there's also the thought of brothers and sisters, like you said, from uh, Joseph from a previous marriage. There's nothing in the scripture that supports that at all, a- at all. And um, the Bible doesn't hint it uh, that Joseph was married or had children before he married uh, Mary. So uh, we we have. There's, what I'm saying is, Ivan, there's no biblical reason to believe that these siblings that are listed are anything other than the actual children of Joseph. Part of the reason that it is, well, it's a cousin or Joseph had another Mary is the belief of the perpetual virginity of Mary. Mary and Joseph uh, had probably very normal marriage, and that include physical relations after the birth of Jesus. So... It's not, you know, beyond thought that they would have children. To have children was a blessing back in ancient Israel. So there's no reason to believe that, you know, that um, they didn't have a normal marriage, have normal physical relations, and then have children. Okay. Yeah, well, the Catholics believe that she was a virgin, you know, from from you know, from birth until she died. And actually, they believe that she was yeah, born sinless and that she had, uh, that she died without sin also. No. 
And Jesus died for her sins as well. She was an incredible woman. Um, make no mistake about it. Just an incredible young woman, blessed of the Lord. But it's interesting, in Luke's gospel, when the announcement came that uh, she was going to carry the Christ child, we have the song of Mary. And she goes on to say, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. So she's referring to, He's my Savior, because I have sinned. If she was sinless, she wouldn't need a Savior. So there's no indication that she even gives that she was sinless. In the last time we see Mary, I believe it's in the book of Acts, isn't it, that she's in the upper room? She is praying with the disciples in that upper room. They are not praying to her. There's nowhere in the Scripture that says she's a co-redemptor. There's one mediator between man and God, that is the man Christ Jesus. There's no other mediator. Salvation comes through Jesus alone. He's the only one that lived a perfect life. All of us were born sinners, and that includes Mary. But Mary was an incredible young woman who got the opportunity and the blessing of carrying the Christ child, but she would have normal relationships with Joseph you know, after that marriage, there's nothing in the scripture that, that gives any hint whatsoever of a perpetual virginity of Mary. That's a man-made doctrine. Okay. So, so you're saying that it's possible that Jesus' brothers were biological or they could be cousins. So it's really not clear which they are. That's what they claim, but I think they were just half-brothers of Jesus. Okay. There's no indication that says they were cousin or anything like that. So they were brothers and sisters. They were named. Um, And it would be perfectly reasonable for me to think that they had a family, Joseph and Mary. Now, we don't know what happened to Joseph. Um, He's not mentioned after, you know, the as Luke's Gospel mentions Joseph quite a bit, you know, uh, in the birth of Jesus, uh, in fleeing to Egypt, uh, when Jesus at 12 years of age, Joseph and Mary came and, and, you know, said, why did you stay behind? But there's no mention of Joseph after that. So it is believed, perhaps we don't know for sure, maybe he passed away. That's the census of most Bible scholars. But we don't have any reason to believe that it was just cousins or Joseph was married before that. Um, I think when we start inserting those kinds of things in the Scripture, we get ourselves in trouble. Okay. Yeah, I was just having that conflict. Like, I, I was I was raised Catholic, and, you know, as I get older, um, I, I, I think of, like, the, the perpetual virginity, and I try to fit that into what I'm believing now, and it's kind of have a little yeah. bit of conflict every once in a while. It is, because it's been—I was raised Catholic, too, Ivan. And and those kinds of things, those doctrines of, you know, pray to Mary, say to hell Mary's, you know, she's a co-redemptor, all those things. But here's the thing, line everything up with the Scriptures, okay? Line everything up with the Word of God, and that's the joy of having the Word of God. Because, you know, I love my Catholic relatives and friends, and I think believe some of them, you know, 
understand that salvation comes through Jesus, but there's a lot of doctrine in the Catholic Church that's not biblical, purgatory, Mary being a co-redemptor, right. praying to saints, all those things. It's not biblical at all. So we want to hold right. to the Scriptures. That's our final authority. And I think as you do and pray through it, the Lord will help you. Okay, and i got a question about something that uh, a previous caller asked about the uh, the Bible and omissions from the Bible. Now, um, what I've read before is, like, there's omissions in the uh, NIV and also in the King James, and, like, the most accurate is, like, the NWT. Um, is, what do you think about that? Um, what's the NWT? Oh, jeez. I don't know. Um, well, for the, for the sake of time, Ivan, I like the King James, New King James. There's other good translations. And I think that if you um, if you go to, if you're able to go on site to gotquestions.org, that you type in that translation, it will tell you the pros and the cons of it and really give you kind of an outline about it. Okay? Okay. Okay. All righty. Well, thank Thanks, you so Ivan. Much. You bet. I appreciate you calling. Hey, I want to get to Sarah and Aurora. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Uh, so my quick question, I can't figure out what <laughs> Jesus meant in Matthew chapter 19, verse 30, when he said, um, so the first will be last and the last will be first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not and Yeah, I'm not sure what he was referring to. <laughs> well, you know, God's economy and God's ways are a lot different than the world's way, right? Yes. So in the context of it in Matthew chapter nineteen, here comes the rich young ruler. He asks a question, what must I do to be saved? Jesus is is ministering to him. And so they said the disciples, when they heard Jesus, you know, converse with the rich young ruler, they said, you know, um, because Jesus responded, the rich young ruler left. He he went away, and right. he said, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, right. I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. This rich man, you know, was a ruler. He was young. He was rich. It's everything that the world loves, look up to, esteem, you know, elevate, and all of this. So the disciples hear that, they say, who can be saved then? He said, with man is impossible, but with God all things are possible. In other words, that those who think that they are first in the world and we elevate them uh, are going to be last. And those who are seen as being last are going to be first. Because he goes on to say that, I say to you guys, because Peter's going, hey, we gave up everything. What are we going to have? And Jesus right. answers him and said, you're going to sit on the 12, you know, on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left house and brother, sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Now, the faith teachers come along and say, Give me money and you'll get a hundredfold. That's not what Jesus is saying. But as you give your life to the Lord, as you live for him, as you serve him, there's going to be heavenly reward. The world will look at it and say, you know, how can you do that? That's a waste of time. 
And so he says, those who are first will be last, and the last will be first. And so that's God's economy. He says the same thing very similar to serving. To be great in the kingdom of God means to be the servant of all. And so he goes on and says things. If you want to save your life, you must lose it. And if you lose your life, you will save it. And so die to self, pick up your cross, follow him. And those who are last are going to be first and be great in the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Makes a whole lot of sense. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You bet, Sarah. Go feed those little ones. Will do. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So precious to hear voices like that. So God bless you, Sarah. Thank you. God bless you, too. Call anytime. 303-69. Well, actually, we're towards the end of the show, so it's a good way to end. Serve the Lord, folks. Um, Serve the Lord. Um, This world is not where it's at. And as you serve the Lord, there's going to be a great joy, and the Lord wants to use this in the days in which we are living in. So, Father, as we end the show, I thank you for today. I pray that you would stir our hearts, even in the midst of what we feel like, uh, like Jeremiah shut up, or restrictions, uncertainty. You are working, so help us put our hand to the plow, move forward, and knowing that you want to show us great and mighty things that we do not know. So, Lord, I pray that for everyone who's listening. Bless our evening, the rest of our week. Lord, we pray for our nation, that there be just a spiritual revival, our cities, our churches. So thank you for the privilege of having this show. We ask that you would just fill everyone's heart with your love and joy and peace. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks, guys. Everybody have a good evening. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.